The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. Call the um, Housing Board of Appeals meeting to order at 1.30. Um, Brandy, can you do the roll call, please? Yes. Kristen Schwehofer. Present. Jerry Schulte. Here. Tim Durham. Here. Todd Shashelsky. Here. Andrew Rasmussen. Here. Elisa Steltzer. Here. For staff, we have Chris McFarland. Here. John Reiser. Here. Deborah Williams. Here. And myself, Brandy Lewis, and Glenn Dempsey. Excellent, thank you. All right, before us we have an agenda. Can I get a motion to approve the agenda? Motion to approve the agenda. All right, thanks, Jerry. Is there a second? I second. Thanks, Angie. Uh, there's an approval and a second. All in favor of approving the agenda, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, we have an agenda. Up now, we are at public commentary. There is three minutes per speaker. I know we have some folks here in the room, and it looks like we've got some folks online. Anyone who wishes to speak that is not part of the appeal today, uh, you may approach the podium. Okay, not seeing a big rush. Brandy, do we have anyone online? I do not see anybody in the waiting room. Okay. All right, we are cruising through. Um, then the next item on our agenda is the approval of minutes. We have the Housing Board of Appeals meeting minutes from February 8th, 2022. They are included in our packet. I'd entertain a motion to approve the minutes. I move I to approve. Go ahead. Right. I'll, I'll give Todd the first. Andy, will you second? I'll second. All right. All in favor of uh, approving the February minutes, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Minutes are approved. Um, 
new business. I don't see any. This is listed under unfinished business, but I believe this is the first time we've heard this appeal. So would this be new business? Yes. Okay. All right. So if we could just amend the agenda to, to note that this is under new business. All right, we have the appeal 22-1057, which is a variance application for 227 Orchard Hills, Ann Arbor, Michigan, 48104. There are some attachments in our packet, including a staff report, and then we will also hear from the appellant. Um, who's providing the staff report for the city? I am. All Chris right, McFarland. Chris, thank you. Chris, did you want to give the staff report? Yep. Okay, thanks. <clears throat> All the way from the top on here, right? I think, yeah, the, the background and the summary. Yep. <clears throat> okay, so the background, uh, the single family dwelling located at 227 Orchard Hills Drive was built in 1955 and appears to be original construction. The owner of the property requests one variance to the requirements of section 8504 paren 4 paren B number 5 for handrails for exit stairways. Staff is unable to support granting of this variance. The housing code requires a handrail at all flights of stairs with four or more risers. This is similar to the current building code requirements found in the 2015 Michigan Residential Code and previous versions. Each stair within the flight of stairs in question are half the rise, four inch risers, and twice as deep, 18 inch treads, as allowable. The low slope of the stairs does not constitute omission of the required handrail. The 2015 Michigan Residential Code requires a handrail on ramps exceeding a slope of one unit vertical and 12 units horizontal. That's an 8.33% slope. The slope of this flight of stairs is 25%, three times as steep as a ramp, which requires a handrail. While accessibility is not required in single family homes, it would be unreasonable to expect a person with a wheelchair or walker to climb stairs as suggested in the owner's appeal. The code at the time of construction which was the official building code of Ann Arbor from the 1929 council proceedings, is ambiguous and can be interpreted to require no handrail or a handrail on one side. It's the city's interpretation that the intent was to require a handrail on one side. This is ultimately not relevant since the housing code is applicable to all dwellings without regard to whether they were constructed before or after the effective date. Reference section 8501 application of chapter within the housing code. All right, thanks, Chris. Um, are there any questions for staff before we move on to the appellant, or do you want to hold your questions for staff until we also hear from the appellant? Okay, I'm not seeing a lot of questions. So who do we have here uh, representing the um, appellant? Hey there, I'm Jeffrey Shocks, I'm on Zoom. Hi, Jeff, can you see and hear us okay? Somewhat. I could, uh, Do you have like a tiny little screen with little... all of us on there? Yeah. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> exactly. Sorry. That's exactly. Um, plus the mask. And so 
I wish I was there in person. I had planned it, but I didn't get the uh, official invite until Friday, which made it a little difficult to book the flight. Um, I'd love to be able to provide a little background on kind of who I am and about the house and about the safety of the stairs as they exist and how they're safer than an equivalent stair that would not require a handrail. Um, but this is new to me, and I'm just wondering how much time I have to be able to, to provide some background. Uh, you know, I think you have certainly, this is uh, your appeal, so I certainly would encourage you to provide us the detail, level of detail you think is necessary for us to make a decision. I appreciate that. Thank you. I was born and raised in Troy. I graduated from the University of Michigan with two engineering degrees, and I lived in Ann Arbor for more than a decade. It was at that time that I saw the Frank Lloyd Wright house. I was running through the Arboretum, and this was a destination of mine. And I would stop there, would look at the house, and I would run back. I moved to San Francisco in 2003, where I practiced patent law and I invested in startups. And with the proceeds of one of my investments, I purchased the house at 227 Orchard Hills from the son of Mary Palmer in 2009. My parents, Sue and Gary Cox, who are in the audience today, helped me manage and maintain the house. The Palmer House is a work of art. Its references, Tranquid writes, one of its top 20 houses of all time. It's celebrated as a national historic landmark. Uh, it's an estate uh, historic landmarks and also the county. It's been the setting of countless advertisements and movies. It was the subject of two architecture books, not just a page or a chapter, but an entire book, an architecture book on the house, and not just one, but two. And it was recently named as the favorite house of all houses on the Airbnb platform by the Airbnb CEO. People come from around the world to live in this art piece for a few days. They do it because the house has been meticulously maintained in its original form at great expense for over 70 years. When I became steward of the house, I signed not only an easement with the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation that I would not make any modifications, but I also promised Mary's son that I would take care of the house like his mother did. This has been an expensive promise to keep. This sheet or singles alone costed $50,000. We've never made a profit renting the house on Airbnb and VRBO, as the house has demanded every dollar that we have made and then some. Unlike many of the other Ann Arbor residents who rent their houses for football weekends, they do not rent the Palmer House to make money. I do it because I'm the steward of an art piece. And the VRBO and Airbnb allow me to reach the people who want to experience living in this art piece. The city of Ann Arbor is asking me to add an 11-foot handrail to the front entrance. I cannot do this without drilling into the walls, without ruining the design, and most importantly, without breaking my promise to the Palmer family. I appear today, I'm asking for a variance. I'm prepared to talk about the safety of the front entrance, prepared to show that it's safer than an equivalent staircase that doesn't require handrails, and I'm prepared to brainstorm a compromise. But before we continue, I need everyone to understand that adding an 11-foot handrail to the front entrance of an otherwise original condition Frank Lloyd Wright masterpiece is more than a practical difficulty. It's more like a practical impossibility. And I can't see everyone's faces, <laughs> certainly behind the mask and at this distance. And if it's possible to just give some thumbs up that people understand like what this art piece is, that would be great. 
I'm happy to continue to talk about it if people don't understand what is right here in Ann Arbor. Thank you. Do, does the board have any questions? Uh, can can so you talk, people, talk? What are the yeah, other? If people understand that the significance of the house, I'd be happy to talk about the safety of the stairs. Yeah, I can. Speak. I understand the significance of the house. What are other uh, means of entry into the house? Can you describe them? I yeah, understand. there's um, there's another entry. It's in the back. And the house is a ranch. It's a single uh, single level, um, and so there's um, there's two additional entries. Uh, one that has been blocked off. That's a very narrow entry, uh, but the entry in the back is a double door. It, it, does that have stairs to access it? I know I'm familiar with the front of the house and the, the driveway. You know, the parking up top. It, just I know this is the main entrance. I'm just trying to get to you know other means yeah. for yeah um this i believe the interest in the back has two steps um the the four inch rise is the is the design that was used throughout the step throughout the entire house and throughout the design both interior and exterior and so i believe the the rear entrance has maybe one or two of those steps two steps we're hearing okay. from the audience thanks awesome awesome okay um let's talk a little bit about the safety um, it's important to me that the house is safe uh, both because i don't want people to get hurt but also as a lawyer i know the potential liability of a visitor's fall and how that could jeopardize my financial security the steps are safe in their current form they're half the height and they're twice the depth of the normal stair by several laws, they're not even considered stairs. It's not a theoretical question of whether the front entrance is safe, but rather a fact. The Palmer House has been around for 70 years. Over 6,000 guests have visited the Palmer House in the last decade. None have ever fallen. There's another design. If we simply moved a couple of the steps around, we could make it so that there's two steps and a five-foot landing, and another two steps. And that alternative design would not require any handrails, because there wouldn't be four steps in a row. We could easily do this. Because of the landing, it would be possible that the total, and because of the possible rise, or the total rise of the steps is so small, it would completely eliminate the need for a handrail. But I urge you to think about like how much safer the current design is than this equivalent design that doesn't require any handrails. Right now, we could actually go up the stairs with a wheelchair. My mother is in the audience uh, when she was struggling with a, a reconstructing her knee, and she had a walker, and the walker fits on the steps. That's how deep they are. And so, like, I don't, I can't imagine anything safer than a walker that fits on the entire step. While your staff member has noted that it'd be unreasonable to, to ask a person with a wheelchair or a walker to climb normal steps, we are actually thankful that our house is accessible by people in wheelchairs and in a walker. I think the design is perfect the way it is. 
and I urge you to come out and see the house if you think otherwise. I'm happy to, to consider any other compromise, but I simply cannot drill into the walls, not without breaking a promise. Thank you. Are there questions? Yes, I have several. Okay, Todd, go ahead. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, Great. thank you. I can't see you, but I could hear you. No worries. Um, in the context of the easement and or promise that you have with the family and or the Frank Lloyd Wright Foundation, I believe it's called, what does that mean if you need to make this adjustment to meet code? I'm not sure, to be honest. I, I promised that I would not make any modifications to the, to the structure of the house. And so when, when the house was for sale, um, honestly, it was sold as a house, not as a piece of work. Mm -hmm. I've since then talked to Sotheby's and Christie's, and they think that the houses were somewhere in the close to the order of 10 million. I paid less than a million. This is public record. The, my bid was not the highest bid, it was the second highest. And the person that was the highest bid um, wanted to add an addition to the house. It's a smaller house, it's 2,000 square feet. And so they wanted to change the structure. And Mary Palmer's son um, didn't want that. He wanted the house to remain exactly as it is. And he accepted my bid lower than the highest offer but because I had a promise to never change the house or to modify it in any way. Okay, thank you. I just wanted respectfully to understand potential other compromises as part of this. Yes. Okay. In a typical four-step um, stairway, the one that would rise you know, 30 inches or whatever the total rise is, um, the handrail would be about two and a half feet. But because the slope is so low and the steps are so wide and the height of each step is so low, um, the handrail would be close to 12 feet long. It's about 11 and a half feet. It's not insignificant. The, the front cover of these architecture books on this house show this particular front entrance and it would be marred by that handrail. It's as if the the board is asking me to put screws through a Picasso. I think I have a question. So you, you had mentioned um, the, the visual look of the staircase being very important, but I also hear that you're very willing to change that to not need an appeal. Could you speak to that a little it's bit more? Because it seems that those yeah, are at it's odds. Yeah, thank you for the question. Um, if you look at the, some of the photos, and I think there's a, f a couple of photos, um, Frank Lloyd Wright did an, an incredible, <laughs> um, difficult job of creating these horizontal lines. And if you look at the bricks, um, between the bricks, adjacent bricks, the mortar is flush with the brick. Uh, but between the horizontal lines of the bricks, the mortar is recessed. And this, which was done at great difficulty, was to draw these incredible horizontal lines um, throughout the entire house, but specifically the front entrance. And so I, I urge you to look at those photos in the pocket. Um, every single one of those bricks took probably an extra 10 minutes to, to lay down. 
and there's thousands of bricks. And they did that for this horizontal line. You can't create a handrail um, that's horizontal. It has to be diagonal. And so when I talk about modifying the steps, they would continue this horizontal line um, and they wouldn't disrupt those horizontal lines that have been created by this masterpiece. Thank you. I have a question. Go ahead. In your arrangement with the Palmer family, did you specify that you were going to use uh, the house as a rental? I did, um, and they were incredibly excited about that. They knew that this house was not truly livable, um, and that you that this house, the way that Frank Lloyd Wright designed it, is is not something that a family would live in. Um, but they wanted it to be shared, um, like a Picasso, you know, hung in the DIA. And so when I talked to them about the VRBO um, plan, they were excited about that. They warned me that it was expensive to, to keep up the house, um, and I was prepared for that. Again, I haven't made a single dollar in this house in 13 years. It's there as an art piece. And Airbnb and VRBO is my platform to be able to reach people from around the world. People have flown in from Brazil and Japan just to stay at this house. What year did you make that arrangement? Uh, when I purchased it in 09. Okay. And it went onto the VRBO platform immediately thereafter. And we reached out to the city. So at the time, it was very confusing. There's only three houses on VRBO at that moment. It's very early on. And there was laws in the city around better practices, but there weren't any laws about a short-term vacation rental. And we had people come out to the house and they scratched their head. And they said, this doesn't fit in any of these categories. We were honestly just ahead of our time. Um, and so at the time, the city said, we don't know what to do with you and we'll treat you as a private residence. And so when this ordinance came up recently and said you need to add a handrail, um, it was quite the blind side. Uh, we had been operating for 13 years and we'd been told by the city, we'd been listed on the front page of you know, City of Commerce, right now at the front page of Airbnb. Um, this particular movement has, um, has honestly been quite the, the, the feeling of a, of a significant setback, as if someone doesn't quite understand what we have here. I have a question for Chris or maybe Glenn. What year was the handrail requirement added to the rental code? Not completely sure. Um... I believe it's original to the housing code, though. I don't think it was added. What year would that be? I would have to look at the house past was versions to verify. The house was approved as a primary residence. So, <clears throat> hey, Glenn. If you drilled into the steps to make a handrail, how many 
intermediary posts would you have to have from the bottom to the top? Look at it, take some measurements. I know Is it that, more than um, two? Like if, if one was at the bottom and one was at the top and then the railing just went like that and it was a steel pipe or, and you just drilled into the steps. I'm not sure. No, it's possible though. I think it's possible if you have the you know right supports, I guess, in it. Okay. All right. Did, That's all I have. Thanks, Glenn, for coming up. Uh, a point of discussion for the board. Uh, you know, understanding, and, and I don't, I am no Frank Lloyd Wright expert, but I know entrances were very important in the impression you got walking into a building. I actually rode by yesterday. Uh, if, if no one was there, my intent was to try the stairs. Uh, I think the city, you know, absolutely in terms of interpreting the current code, it falls under, you know, I, I agree with the interpretation and the requirement. When I look at the three criteria, we would need to give a variance, and I think regardless of if somebody publishes something and, you know, this stays with the building for the rest of its life, presumably or into perpetuity, but practical difficulties or undue hardship probably doesn't take the artistic point into view, uh, doesn't violate the intent of the section. I think that's a difficult one. But does it jeopardize public health and safety? This is such an unusual tread and riser dimension that I think it may be helpful to the board to visit you know, some of us and actually walk the stairs to see what it feels like. Uh, that potentially you could say because of this unusual arrangement. Uh, you know, and, and I appreciate the city said even even a ramp at a like a one in twelve slope, you'd need a, a handrail, but but a ramp is even a different feel than a stairway like this. So that's one approach the the board could consider. Thanks, Jerry. And this is Kristen. I I wanted to say I this is an area um, architecturally outside my uh, professional scope. So I thought who might know more about keeping architectural integrity in line. And so I reached out to the Historic District Commission and I asked, what, what do they normally do, right? Because that's something, as I understand it, would be similar. And while this doesn't fall under the city of Ann Arbor's Historic District, as has been noted, uh, it's, it's listed in other places as Historic Districts. And the information I had was that, generally speaking, they don't provide variances for health and safety items. Um, there may be some ways to address it like going into mortar versus drilling into brick or the stairs themselves that could be removed and repaired um, should it no longer be uh, a rental property and no longer need a handrail in that same way. Um, so I, again, this is just information that I provided, whether that's completely applicable to this situation. Um, I just needed to get a little more information for myself, given that generally speaking, we're, we're often looking at um, a little bit of a different situation. The rise and runs usually are far less than what we see as acceptable. I have a couple questions. So sure. is this considered a rental property? Yes, that's my understanding. It's a rental property. It is a rental property. 
uh, I've sold real estate in Ann Arbor for 38 years and I admire mid-mods and I love Madcaps and Oslers and Olenkis and uh, all the beautiful architects um, in the Ann Arbor area. Many, many, many times those handrails, although there are handrails, certainly would not pass code when I'm selling those beautiful homes. And I think that that rise, I, mean, I personally feel like it's a, a safe rise and I've, I've walked, I'm probably, probably visited that house four or six times in my 38 years being in Ann Arbor. I've never felt unsafe on those steps. Maybe, maybe I didn't need a handrail at the time. I'm getting older. Maybe I would want one now. I, I think that there, it's a beautiful, beautiful property, and I, I personally hate to see it compromised. But I think it's a hard thing to say. What are you we supposed to do? Just ignore the code to the city and ever? I think it kind of trumps any agreement that you've made with anybody with the the. Um, historic society and Frank Lloyd Wright. I don't know what the solution is, but I would sure like to see, I would sure like to see no handrail put up there, but I'm sure I'm in the minority up here, but I think it's a beautiful property. Thanks, Lisa. I, I guess I, I had one more question. Maybe could someone speak to the winter maintenance of the stairs, given that we have a lot of snow and ice? That was the one place where I felt like um, I didn't see that addressed in the uh, packet. In terms of safety, we have Margolis um, company come. They actually don't plow the driveway because we don't want the concrete damage. Mm -hmm. So they hand blow the driveway and they shovel, hand shovel the steps. So then we have the shovels. Okay. So they are very, very, um, take a lot of precautions with the steps. And they are, we have a, a contract with them two inches or more, and they are out. Mm -hmm. The steps are concrete, obviously. Um, the Ford Red Cherokee concrete that Frank has from the driveway all the way into the house. He brings it up. Um, so we do have a Okay, thank you. So shovels and salt if necessary. But it is hand shoveled. Yes, hand shoveled. Okay, thank you. Are the rentals year round? Yes. They are. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a couple. I mean, it, it feels like the some board members that, that can appreciate the house and that um, don't want to see the handrail. Um, but I assure you that every single person in the room, including myself, zooming in, like wants the house to be safe. And so I'd be happy to have a brainstorm around what are our alternatives. Um, if it is, hey, include handrails during the winter months, um, we can slot a handrail into the steps. Um, if there is a, hey, please include a walker in the garage so that anyone could use that. If it's, hey, you need to have a notice 
on each of the um, platforms that we use or even have someone initialize that there's, there's not a handrail, I'm happy to go down any of these paths. I just can't drill into the mortar and the bricks. May I ask why you're not able to drill into the mortar nor the bricks? Great. So then it goes back to my original um, you know, plea, and I'll try a different approach. Imagine you were growing up, and one of your neighbors owned a Picasso, the Guernica, the really, really big one, 26 feet long. Okay. And your neighbor passed away, and that painting was being sold in a garage sale. And someone wanted to buy it and break it up because it doesn't fit in the house. It's not conventional. But you saw something special in that. You walked by it all the time. And you went up to the owner and said, look, I'll buy the painting and I'll put it in the Detroit Institute of Arts and I'll maintain it for years and years so that people could see this. And the owner said, great. And that's what you did. And you put it into the DIA. And for 13 years, people saw it and it was celebrated. And people came from around the world to see that Picasso. And when you put it in originally, the city of Detroit came out and said, wow, it's a really big painting. We don't really know what to do with something that big. It doesn't really fit into our rules, but go ahead. And then years later, the rules changed. And someone said, look, you have to put screws in the painting to secure it to the wall. It's not really a hardship. It's just a screw. Just put a screw through the Picasso and screw it into the wall. And you're like, this is a Picasso. Like, I can't put a screw through Picasso. And they're like, well, it's unsafe. And they're like, no, it hasn't been. 13 years it's been on that wall. It's been safe as can be. And they're like, well, that's the rules. You have to put screws into the, the Picasso. It's really simple. And the inspector walks over with a screwdriver and a screw and starts to put that screw through the Picasso. That's what we have here. This is America's greatest architect of all time. And this is one of his top 20 houses of all time. And it's on the Airbnb platform so that people can appreciate this. The city of Ann Arbor is acting like that city of Detroit saying, this is the rule, you have to fix this. But there's nothing that needs to be fixed. I beg you to come out to the house and walk the stairs. They're not even stairs according to certain rules. Okay, thank you. I have one more thing. Having been to the house several times, part of the beauty is walking up to those houses and experiencing those steps. But is there any way that, I don't remember, but is there a different way that we could gain access and access and entrance and egress and egress to, and not utilize those front steps? I think so. As, as mentioned earlier by the, by the question, um, there is a rear entrance, and it only has two steps. It opens into double doors. Can you park in front of it? Sorry, um, what was the question? Can you park in front of the rear door that has two steps? Good um, guests park, park about, there and about access feet. the house that way. And um, it's about 30 feet from the doors where you would park. 
probably no further than the front door, to be honest. Right. I appreciate all the discussion. And is there are there other questions? Does the board feel ready to make a decision? Did you want to make a site visit? We have a couple of paths ahead of us. I would like to make a site visit. I'm, so, I'm in support of that as well. That's a okay. good idea. So I think what we'll probably do is, um, what is my smart word? Table. Table, thank you. Gosh, it's been a minute since we've done this. Table the appeal pending a site visit by the board to meet uh, Open Meeting Act. I think we have to go in two groups or more if, or, or a designated subset of the board could go um, to, to, as you say, get a feel for the stairs. Um, they are an unusual rise and run um, and, and to make a sometimes Putting your, your, yourself in those uh, places can help make a decision. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I think I probably know where the house is. It's just hard to visualize and not, you know, it doesn't seem like you said they're further rise and run than most, but I think we should probably visit for sure. Okay. So, I Thank oh, you. Sh absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. I, I know it's intimidating. I promise we're all smiling under our masks. <laughs> okay. I don't know if yeah. Yep. Yep. Our little demonstration board here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and they're all in that three and three quarter inch, then the 18 inch, yeah, that was clear in the packet. I can see it. Thank you. All right. I don't think anyone using a walker is going to use a handrail. Well, you use two hands on the walker, so I don't know how you the handrail is certainly for multiple reasons, right? So it would be not only for people who may need additional assistance, uh, could be emergency egress as well, making sure that there's you know something to hang on to. Could be for those uh, times before your your snow and ice removal company gets out there. Um, but I appreciate the demonstration, and I think it helps visualize the the long width, the unusually long width of the step. I think it's not an accessible entrance, so. You know, and, and I don't think we're looking the, for the aid, right, that that's accessibility right. necessarily. Right. It, for, for this appeal. I understand that, yes, yeah, not required. All right, so I think we're looking for a motion to table this appeal pending a site visit. Does someone want to make that motion? Sure. Yes. Okay. 
Can you say it? You got to say it. You have to say those words then. All right, are you good, Brandy? No. no. So Todd was making a motion to table the appeal pending a site visit. Thank you. You're welcome. Sorry. That's okay. I we'll second. Get there. And Angie seconds that. All right, all in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? None? Okay, no. so the Okay, sorry. So, uh, just to note, Tim said uh, opposes the site visit, or the tabling. Correct. Okay. All right. So that is our new business. Is there any other unfinished business? Yes. 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 So what we'll do is we'll work with the city staff and, and you as the representatives to coordinate a mutually agreeable time for everybody. We're not just going to show up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep, absolutely. And I imagine it'll probably be in the coming weeks. It's not like it's going to happen tomorrow, but certainly we also want to move forward on the appeal um, so we aren't leaving this lingering for too long. We usually meet once a month, so hopefully we can get it scheduled before the next meeting. Um, but understand that, you know, it's summertime and schedules get busy. Okay. Any reports from staff? No. All right. Then I guess I'm looking for a motion to adjourn. I will motion to adjourn. All right. Jerry motions to adjourn. I'll second because I don't ever get to make motions. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. 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 All right. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for your time today. We'll be in touch. Um,